Cars, which is in the driver house. We sipping lean and puffin' green with demons. We got witches in the driver What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Gemini. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. We have an absolutely incredible guest today. I know that you guys are going to love her story and everything that we discuss. But before we get into that episode, we need to go over a few announcements. So this podcast is sponsored by Lost Trail Coffee. It is owned by one of my best friends. And you can go and listen to the episode that I had with her and get to know the woman behind the brand, the witch behind the brand. Um, Her episodes are Team Psychic Vagina and then episode TPV and the mushrooms on your dick. And when you go and listen to the episodes, you will figure out exactly why they are labeled those things and get to know us a little bit better. But I want to tell you a little bit about this coffee because it's not just regular coffee. It's absolutely delicious. Um, It is made fresh for you with every single order. Um, So it just tastes really great. You can taste the difference between this coffee and what just sits on the shelf. But I also went in and did some research about this coffee to help you incorporate the coffee into your spell work if you are on the witchy side of things or interested in doing things. Um, There are five different flavors of the coffee. And what I picked that you could do with the coffee is just some ideas. And it ranges from things that are very beginner to a little bit more advanced. So everybody can kind of find their little pocket. Something really exciting also is that samples of this coffee will be included inside of the guest boxes for podcast guests, um, along with a little homemade marshmallow. So um, five flavors, like I said, I'm going to start with my absolute favorite one, the Red Mountain Sumatra, or as I like to call her, the Red Mountain Kama Sutra. Um, This is what I recommend to use for coffee scrying. It is full body and earthy, so it'll help to ground you while you're opening your third eye and other senses to focus and see into, quote unquote, the black mirror, if you will, and illuminate messages that you haven't been seeing. Um, The Hell's Revenge is what I would recommend for creativity spells. It has hints of hazelnut and hazelnut is for inspiration, granting your wisdom or granting your wishes, wisdom and luck. The Old School Joe, I would recommend for cleansing your tarot decks. You can keep the whole beans inside of a box or a drawer with your cards for keeping the deck clear of negative energy. The Rubicon Espresso, I recommend for energy attraction and affirmations. It has hints of milk chocolate, which represent the heart chakra. 
and balance, raising your emotional vibration, friendship, nourishment, and self-love. You can just stir your coffee in the morning, speaking positive words about yourself, what you're wanting to exude and attract that day, and then absorb that energy as you drink your coffee and give yourself some peace to start setting up the day. And then last, but certainly not fucking least, 40s French roast keeps away nightmares. You can burn the coffee like an incense to keep away negative energies, negative spirits, and nightmares. The full-bodied dark roast makes the smell a lot more potent, which makes your banishing spell work more intense. So that would be perfect for those baneful witches who want a little extra heat on their spell. And Lost Trail Coffee is giving 10% off to all podcast listeners. So you can go to losttrailcoffee.com and use code C-O-R-P-O-D and you will get 10% off. You can watch the full-length video interview of this episode and previous interviews by going to patreon.com slash coven of rejects. There are multiple tiers that offer different things, but the beginner witch $5 tier gives you access to the coven of rejects video interviews. Now, I also co-host another podcast with one of my other best friends, Rampage, and that podcast is called Lick It Like a Lollipop. If you join the $10 tier on Patreon, you not only have all video interviews from Coven of Rejects, but then you also have interviews from Lick It Like a Lollipop podcast as well. That is a completely uncensored platform. So some of my guests are smoking some weed while we're talking. Sometimes people are having drinks. Um, Sometimes there's additional things that I take out of interviews that I share here Um, via audio that I keep in over on the Patreon videos. So that is where you can have more of an exclusive experience and be a part of the podcast. And then, of course, all of the proceeds from um, people supporting the podcast over on Patreon get to go back into the podcast. So it makes it so that um, we can really give back to the guests and um, we can really make the podcast um, bigger, better, sound better, and evolve in all the positive ways. Today's guest is a a musical artist. I'm so excited. I'm tripping over my words. Her name is Samantha Leah, and I'm actually going to be inserting some of her music so that you guys can listen. Please go and follow her. She is an absolutely beautiful soul. You guys are going to pick that up by just listening to this episode. Um, But her music is just beautiful. I can't tell you how many people have already reached out to me that know I'm going to be interviewing her and are just so excited. I only interviewed her a couple of days ago. Usually I'm holding on to interviews for weeks or months before it drops. Um, But with this interview, I was just so excited to share it with the world and um, have more people find her music that maybe haven't found it yet because I just think that the messages are inspiring and healing and so very beautiful. So here is Samantha Leah. I woke up knowing I'm a goddess today and I'll be damned if I let anybody get in my way. Hey, thoughts. You really think you're slick? You really think you'll sway me into thinking I'm not shit?
welcome to Covenant of Rejects, Samantha. Hi. Hi, I'm so excited to have you. As we were talking about before this, I'm a huge fan of you, your music. I'm a follower of yours. Yay. I'm so, this is really fun for me. Have you ever done a podcast before? I actually just got off one and I have before in the past, more are coming in now. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm in a different place. So yes, but no. (laughs) Yes, I've done them. Um, do you, have you had them be like very like formal, like about your music career or like what types of things do you feel like you've shared about yourself before? Um, I think I shared similar stuff that we might talk about today, but I was a different person. And I feel like looking back, I remember recording one like five years ago and it's like compared to now, I'm like, Ooh, did I actually know anything? But of course I did, but compared to now, you know, we're always growing. So. And five years is a long time. Like if I was talking about myself five years ago versus now, like I'm a completely different human. (laughs) Exactly. It, It was it was a friend of mine who started a podcast. It's actually an amazing podcast. He's a, he's a healer. And, um, it was right when I was starting to release music. So it was about music and healing, but where I was in my life and my process then is just very different from now. Well, I want to hear all about it. So I always ask everybody, what spirituality you were raised in and then how are you kind of seeing yourself spiritually now? Hmm. So, wow. Um, my mom was actually, she had a crazy story being indoctrinated into Roman Catholicism, Catholicism, Catholicism. I'm like, I don't even know how to say words anymore. Um, yeah. So that was a huge part of her life. And my dad's side is actually Jewish. His mother practiced, but not so much him. So by the time they had me, I remember going to CCD and I, I, I think that's Catholic. I don't know. It was a Sunday school for children type of thing. I could be wrong, but I, I was doing stuff, um, I guess, under being raised sort of Catholic. Um, but my parents definitely let that go when I was pretty young. So I feel like I was not very heavily indoctrinated into any religion um, compared to a lot of other people. I mean, that's good for you. That's like less trauma that you have to wade through. (laughs) I'm so grateful for that. So grateful. And then how are you kind of seeing yourself now? Yeah, um, I think all religions, for the most part, are really cool to learn about. But I you know, I identify myself as a spiritual person and I really don't, I don't go heavy into honestly anything these days. I think that teachers from all of the, all sorts of different religions, um, you know, I guess what each religion is known for, like obviously Jesus, you know, Buddha, I think it's really cool to learn about them and their practices and their teachings, but I don't really identify with anything specifically. I love that because I think it makes you more um, open-minded and willing to learn lessons in different places when you don't already have just like a a predetermined wall put up. Yeah. And then you start to see, uh, wow, we've all been fighting each other, but 
were kind of all saying similar things, or those teachers were at least trying to say similar things. Of course, their message is about love. And then things get changed along the lines. And yeah, that all that happens. But I think that, yeah, you, you become open-minded when you start to realize like, wow, there's more similarities than there are differences between all these. Absolutely. And that was one of the huge reasons that I started Coven of Rejects. Every week I try to talk to somebody who has a different spiritual background and something different that they practice. I'm in my witchcraft era right now with guests. So we're there, mm -hmm. but, um, it's important to me to give people a voice to share all of their different experiences and what you grew up learning and whatnot, because there can be, especially with the internet, it can just feel so divisive and so choosy about like, you know, what you're supposed to believe in. And, and then with social media, you have the microscope of like, but you said this over here and you're like, I can both believe in hexes and in Jesus. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. It's like we, we we get so complex about things when it's like whatever feels right for you is what's right for you. Right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So um, I want to talk about your music because you had mentioned, you know, five years ago doing it, talking with people. So what was your kind of inspiration for starting music? And when you were, if you can think back at the beginning, like what was your focus and goal then with starting your music? Mm, that's such a good question. I was kind of raised in music because my father is a bass player and I was performing in theater productions when I was super, super young. So it was always a part of my life. Um, but I did take a break because it just became really overwhelming, which is a different story, but pretty much when you're auditioning for stuff, when you're like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, it really messes with your psyche. When you say audition for something and don't get the role and you think that your life is over, it's just, I think it just burned me out at a young age. So I quit. And then I started writing music again, six years ago ish, seven, maybe, I don't even know, but I think, I think at that point it was more so I was just dying for a form of self-expression. And I knew that that was the way that I loved to express myself, writing and singing. And I was so detached from that for so many years. And when I started doing it again, I just felt this freedom, like re-entering into my life. But the content of my lyrics was all over the place. I was just experimenting. I didn't know really what I was doing. You know, I was talking about all different types of stuff. And I think slowly over the years, I started to realize, wow, I am so in love with, with spirituality and healing and, and just being, you know, the light I wish to see. And I didn't know how to bridge that with my love of music. And I feel like now I, that's become what I love to do. I love that you said that your purpose is to be the light that you wish to see. Right. And I think that when you're saying that, it means that you haven't been able to see that light outwardly and been able to see a physical representation of something that is important and valuable to you and, and messages that you have. And so your impact for others is the people who also are lacking that and don't have maybe the same creative expression that you do 
are probably finding you, you're probably finding your soul family because they're like, this, this is what I've been wanting, what I've been feeling. Right. Yeah. I've connected with people who, you know, people who are artists as in musicians, people who are artists in other forms and people who don't even consider themselves artists. But I feel like there's a ton of us, no matter what we do or what we love or how we express ourselves that are on our healing journey and just inching our way towards just feeling more empowered, more free. And so really that message connects with a lot of different types of people. Absolutely. And I mean, even in the comment section, like if you go to like your page, I'm sure you know, cause it's your page on TikTok, but if you go, when you post videos, it is all walks of life, genders, backgrounds, whatever, just right. vibing with you and being like, oh my gosh, I feel so connected. Right. Um, it's funny you said genders because I think a lot of my stuff has connected with women specifically. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny because I absolutely love being someone that empowers women to feel um, more free, more, you know, love of self. But I also, I love men and, and whatever you identify with. And right. I feel like, yeah, that's actually something that I'm, I'm more, um, I'm really passionate about putting out some more very gender fluid stuff. Cause, um, yeah, I think all of us just, just, we all want to feel connected. We all want to feel love of self. We all want to feel freedom. And we're all like, like the conversation with religion, we're all more similar to each other than we realize. It's something that I talk about all the time is like how close Catholicism is to like witchcraft, like basic witchcraft, right? right? And, and how many teachings are similar throughout so many different religions, but because we've kind of been geared to um, devise ourselves or divide ourselves, regardless of what the topic is, religion and politics are just those two things where people feel so deeply about repercussions of believing one way or whatnot. And I I think that both of those topics really breed a lot of uh, fear-based energy. Mm -hmm. And so it is so hard to grow past like maybe limiting mindsets and things or unhealed thought processes in both of those areas because there's a fear of if I don't believe in this or if I'm not an activist for this, then I don't know what the outcome could be. Right. There's so much programming and I, I've lived my life very, um, I don't want to say detached from reality for a while, but kind of, and I don't, I don't really like to tap into all the chaos of what's going on. So when I first started releasing a lot of stuff that could be seen as promoting witchcraft or anything like that, I started seeing all of these people come out of seemingly nowhere and just um, you know, tell me that I'm going to hell, all that stuff, especially, you know, using the words like manifesting um, and just other stuff too. That's just what came up. But um, there's actually an argument right now on one of my recent posts with, um, I guess, some someone that saw my post and is promoting Catholicism. I'm like, how do mm -hmm. I say that word? Yeah, that was <laughs> um, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, all of... Uh, just a lot of like witches coming out and being like, you know, arguing against him. And yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff that I was not prepared for really. Cause you know, I'm just like 
writing from my soul, just not, not realizing, you know, once stuff hits more people, um, you're going to have, of course, people that don't like what you're doing, but it is crazy how deep the programming runs. And it's like, it's just something that you have to accept kind of, because I, I kind of just have to accept that there are going to be those people and they're going to think that I'm evil or whatever, that I'm damned. Um, and there's truly nothing I can do to change their mind. Yeah. I've recently been really learning and understanding the lesson that it doesn't matter how selfless or true or pure of a spot your intentions are coming from. If somebody doesn't like you and they don't like your message, they don't like you and they don't like your message. And people can get real hung up on being like, but I have to explain myself because mm -hmm. if you could just understand where I'm coming from and what my intention is, then you wouldn't have a problem with it. And they will. And you're going to be burning your energy. I struggled with that a lot. And actually pretty recently when um, some of my videos just started doing really well and I I was seeing the comments because I, I really enjoy reading comments and responding to people that support me because I think it's important for them to know that I care and that I appreciate it. But I had to actually stop going through comments on a lot of my stuff because I was just seeing all of this stuff. That was like everything you could ever imagine. And my initial response was like, no, like, I swear, this is what I'm thinking to myself. I swear I'm, I mean the best, like I, I have positive intentions. Like, why can't you see it? And I was actually really messed up for a little bit. And I just had to accept that that's what's going to happen. And honestly, a lot of the times when you do walk in your light, and your empowerment, that's actually really triggering to a lot of people. So I just have to accept as we all do that if we're on this journey and we are standing, especially as women in our power, that's just, it's just what's going to happen. There are so many people who aren't used to seeing that either. And, you know, even up till now, women standing in their power or whatever has looked one way. And yes, you can do that, but you should do that looking like this, talking like this, dressing right. like this and, and whatnot. And I feel like it's the day and age where women are like, fuck you. And I will do what I please, wear what I please, look how I please. And it's because it makes me happy and has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to look a specific way. We don't have to be professional in, you know, like business attire walking into uh, a, a nice like building being like the head of whatever we could be, you know, wearing whatever we like to wear or looking, whatever we like to look like. And it's, it's an energy. It's an energy that presents itself more so than what you look like, what clothes you wear. Um, you know, it's an energy. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Okay. So we started with where you felt like you were starting on your journey with your music mm -hmm. and how are we kind of starting to progress? So you just like, this is what your soul needed you to be doing. And so what kind of music were you making at the very beginning? And then where have we kind of gone? Yeah. Um, I was experimenting a lot again, didn't understand anything. There really is no handbook for artists. I feel like in general, no matter what yeah. form of art you do. Um, like even having a podcast, it's like, uh, 
I guess I get a mic. I guess I, you know, like get a camera, you know, it's just, it's crazy. So, so I didn't really know what I was doing. I just kind of like, I connected with someone who uh, made uh, different styles of music, but I feel like I kind of went down an R&B rabbit hole. Um, I really love R&B, like 2000s kind of music. Um, and then I did other types of stuff. Like I, I really, I tried everything and I feel like even up until a few months ago, I finally figured out really where I'm going with, with my song self-love. And it's this energy of the dark femininity. Mm-hmm. And that is, I feel like what my soul has been calling me to do. And it really took all of that to get to where I am now. And it's been a process, but I feel like that's really the sound that I'm loving this empowering, um, just opening, freeing, um, really just strong type of energy and also accepting within the lyrics and in the sound too, that we're not always happy all the time and we do have challenges and we do go through things. And I feel like I went through this phase of making a lot of very positive, like, you know, uh, positive affirmations, which I'm still going to do, but it's different now. I feel like it's deeper. And that's going to happen too. Like as you're, I feel like as you're writing music, it has to be that like, you're having to dig from different places inside of your soul because you can almost like exhaust topics or exhaust emotions for yourself. And you're like, okay, well, I can't keep on writing about gumdrops and unicorns because (laughs) over here. Exactly. And, and of course, like you said, which was actually that just rang a bell in my head because it's so true. It's so about where you're at. And even when I wrote my song Manifesting Magic, which is a very high vibrational, happy song, I was in Spain making this music with my producer at the time. And I was on cloud nine and I was like, this is great. You know, and that captured that moment, which we all experience these highs in life. Uh, But yeah, I never, I didn't capture the moment when I flew back to the US and I was depressed. And I feel like I I really want to write more from the angle of these emotions that we do deal with, but having an optimistic perception of them, because I, I do, I, I understand that shadow work and darker emotions, darker aspects of ourselves, they're there to help us and to push us and to inspire us to find ourselves more. Yes. So this blends in. So I had briefly talked to you about my other podcast before we got on here and something that, um, my friend Rampage and I really focused on with that podcast is it's not that everything is positive and everything is going amazing and nothing bad ever happens. We want to walk through like when we, when there are downtimes and things and how you shift your mindset and, look at things from different perspectives in order to work through things because you know like like you're saying you have this like really sad time when you come back from Spain and you're working through all of that well you could have used this creative outlet to get those emotions out see things from different perspectives because you're writing lyrics about it and then move on and most likely and I won't like 
assume, but if you weren't using um, a way to change your perspective and to elevate, you probably stayed in your sad time a little longer than you would have liked. Yes. And Mm-hmm. probably kept your little creative self asleep inside to not have to feel too many things. Right. Right. I'm super into transmutation right now and talking about those things that we all go through, whether it looks different for me than it does from you to someone else, we all go through challenges. And I feel like talking about that and what I do in those moments to lift myself up out of it. I feel like at the end of the day, that is more resonant with more people anyway, because, you know, once you're in a good, happy, positive place, you're there. But what do you do? Like you said, what do you do when you're not like, how do you deal with those things? And that's kind of where I'm really passionate about right now, talking about that stuff. And that's so dope too, that that's a goal of yours because there will be somebody who listens to the song and is like sad girling and, you know, or sad mailing or whatever. We're going <laughs> to have gender fluid music. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and and they don't know what they're going to do either. And then they listen to your song describing exactly how they're feeling and walking them through elevating that like mindset and that like clearing their heart chakra. Right. And I feel like that's that's the most empowering thing you can do is catch yourself when you're in a darker place and use that as fuel. And that's what I mean by that, the dark feminine nature. That is what I'm so in, like obsessed with and into right now is tapping into that because the that empowerment when you can really find yourself. I, I've always, something that has always fueled me has been breakups in my life. Um, whenever I would be in a breakup, I would just, I, I would just know that that was going to, that pain was going to unlock a new version of me. And that's kind of like what I'm really into right now is, is that emotion that really like, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but okay, hold on. I know I'm going to, how am I going to? So that's like where I'm super, what I'm super into right now. You talking about breakups with your mic just made me think, I remember being a kid and listening to Kelly Clarkson do this interview and she was talking about how somebody had like broken up with her and that had like, you know, fueled her um, lyrics for one of her songs, whatever. And I was sitting there and I was like, someone broke up with Kelly Clarkson. What a fucking idiot. (laughs) And (laughs) There's going to be somebody, you're going to be that Kelly Clarkson to somebody where they're going to be like, broke up with Sam, what the fuck? That is so funny. Oh my God. Well, I could think back to like, even the people I was with, like say like five, 10 years ago, whatever. And I'm just like, whoa, how did that even, how is that even a thing? But yeah, I mean, look back on it, but in the moment they're so cute. And then you look back on it and you're like, what the heck? (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. It blows my mind every time. I'm like, wow, I was obsessed with that person. And now I'm like, Ooh, definitely wasn't loving myself back then. Yeah, not loving yourself. And gosh, I just, I think about all of the like little, not little, but just younger girls that would listen to music that you have. And whether it be the Manifesting Magic song or there's, um, maybe it's the self-love song that I'm thinking of. You have a couple of different songs where you're really 
blasting out a music video on repeat of this one chorus that you have. I listen to the song all the time, but I'm so blank on it. Um, well, the only line I can think of is you being like, you really think. Um, is it I choose? Oh, wait. Oh, so that's self-love. And I choose me. Yeah. At first I thought it was that. I don't know why, but it's, yeah, it's self-love. I am obsessed with that song. Um, my stepdaughter is 11. And when she was just here, we were listening and um, it was right before I had emailed you. Mm-hmm. And I was like listening to the music, whatever. And she's like, you should have her on a podcast. And I was like, I keep thinking about reaching out, but like, she's really busy. And she's like, you should just message her. And so I will now forever listen to that song and think of that conversation. Wow. I love that. That's so cool. What music can do it just brings that memory back a lot of times certain songs so cool and too like when people are listening to music they're getting the same collective thought process without having to speak without you know you're on the same vibration without you having to talk to each other to get there right yeah that's why music is so powerful what um what kind of goals do you have for your music for yourself not like when you're sitting here at night all by yourself and you're thinking about your like music career what are the things that you are wanting to manifest and also what types of things are you like I know that this is a part of the music industry that I'm not going to have anything to do with Mm. oh I love that (laughs) um Definitely touring is a huge thing that I know is going to happen. And I've had people reach out to me asking me if I'm touring right now and I'm not. And the reason why is because I want it to unravel naturally. And I I don't want it to be just me coming out with a mic and being like, hey guys, like I want it to be you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that the first time I tour is going to be this crazy production, but I want it to happen when it is meant to. So that is something that I'm really um, excited about, but also not pushing because I'm, I understand now at this point that things happen when they're meant to. Um, And yeah, um, that's one of the main things and just continuing to, to just do what my heart tells me to do. I had a, a lot of time in that middle phase when I was just around people that were kind of pushing me to do other types of stuff. And I wasn't really knowing myself too much yet. I heard, I I felt the intuition to be like, no, go on your path. Don't listen to that. But I, I, it's like, I was there, but I couldn't fully embrace it. So just continuing on that path. Um, and as for Yeah, I just am not willing to um, change anything about what I want um, when it comes to the music industry. And I think at this point, I've seen enough evidence to prove that you can literally create your own thing at this point. We don't need to do that. My dad was a a bass player in the eighties in a band. And at that point, you know, you needed those labels to, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't, you couldn't do it like that. So I feel like now there's freedom. And f- for that reason, I'm definitely, I'm 
no way willing to do anything I don't want to do, work with people that don't get it, that, you know, whether put me down or put people down, I work with saying it's not going to work or whatever. Like I just, it just doesn't have to happen. And then obviously being a woman, like I'm just not willing to, you know, wear certain things that I don't want to wear or be pushed to do certain, I don't know, magazine covers that I don't agree with, or even promote certain things that I don't agree with. I, I don't, it's like, they can't get me because I don't, I don't want to say I don't care about things like money. Of course, like money's great, but I'm just not in that place in my life where if a brand that I didn't really vibe with came to me and was like, here's 20, 30, 40, $50,000 promote it. Um, I'd just be like, Oh, like you hurt animals in the process. No, thanks. Like it, it wouldn't be hard for me to not give into that. I think that's amazing though. And to go into it, knowing what your like moral compass is. And also there are so much going to what you were saying about, having to have labels in the past because there weren't other ways to do your music. There are so many artists, not just women, but artists in general coming out now talking about how taken advantage and manipulated they were by labels. And, you know, the amount of like sexual assaults that have happened to um, recording artists and, Mm -hmm. you know, people, you know, laugh or make fun of, artists who have you know has-beens if you will who you know look at where they are now and not realizing the years of trauma and people pleasing and everything else that has gone into things and I was reading recently about um Justin Bieber coming out discussing being groomed since he was a child and Mm. showing all these different video clips of things and you know people taking him under their wing and assaulting him and things like that and And, um, it's just so sad because you can, you see people and, you know, as a young artist, I'm sure you see people up on this pedestal, getting all this notoriety and all this fame and whatever. And you're like, Oh, doing the same creative outlook that I do and all of these things. And you don't always see like that shadow aspect of Mm -hmm. things and that going after your dream and doing whatever it takes to get your dream may mean you have to suck a dirty dick to make it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) It's a crazy, crazy place, especially for a woman, for everyone. But yeah. And I've experienced some things on a a lesser scale, thank God. Um, But it's real. I can say from experience, it is absolutely real especially when dealing with a man who is older who is has money power whatever they understand that they can hold that against you and really just use that to reel you in whether it be if you do this then I'll sign you if you do this then I'll give you a million dollar deal if blah 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 so from the small scale I've experienced any of that, I can't even imagine what these huge artists have been through. And if you really look at 
say like child actors for interest for uh for example and see like what their lives look like down the line and how many of them have drug problems or whatever whatever it may be you you have to just accept the fact that there's something happening and it's absolutely not okay yes i think even too like the manipulation is just so crazy because you do have all of these these people when you're talking about young actors or young musicians these are generally people who haven't had tons of outside experiences on things. So they don't see that there are multiple roads for you to take, for you to get where you're going, and that you don't have to be in the fastest car in order yes. to get to the finish line. If you're in a slow car, but making a very safe journey and you're stopping yes. and you're fueling and you're drinking your water, you will eventually get to where you want to go. But the faster that you're going, the more opportunity you have for high, like crashing and mm. whatever I'm a very big on analogies clearly um, I love that so much <laughs> I have never heard it expressed that way and that is the best way that I could ever hear that because that's exactly how I feel about my journey the the slower car that like has the windows down and is like all right, I'm going to enjoy the process, but, but actually, and you know, there's ups and downs, of course, but I'm going to figure it out along the way and trust. And that's hard for people to trust that there is another way. And especially when you're 15 years old or something, it's like, they're getting to these people when they haven't had life experience, their brain isn't developed. I remember having someone say to me, like that they, it was someone in the industry and they were like, yeah, like my goal is to have an artist development agency and only work with 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever year olds. That's because- Very. And he was like, yeah, they will actually like listen to what <laughs> I'm saying because I know better. And like, as you live life and experience things, you think, you know, better and you think, you know what you want. And you think that as an artist, you know, but no, like, you need to stay in your lane, stay, stay in line. And the best way to do that is to get to you when you're younger. And I was like, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Just kidding. But I was like, that is actually scary. That tells me that that person isn't confident in their leadership skills and their ability to um, help develop somebody. And so they would rather take somebody who doesn't know anything and will listen as opposed right. to somebody who could be like, you don't really know what you're doing. That's like an ego thing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really gross. Um, I would get really frustrated with my mom when I was younger because I did music and I did choir and I did all these things. And the voice was so huge when I, um, like it was just coming out and with, and I wanted to audition so bad. And my mom was like, listen, like when you go on shows like that, there's terrible contracts. Um, there's so much stuff that happens behind the scenes in the music industry. And I don't want you to be a part of that. And I was so angry and so frustrated. And um, when I was, I think I was a junior in high school, she finally took me to San Francisco to go and audition. And I went through all the auditions and got to the audition right before you go out on like stage with the panel or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can see people like auditioning behind the scenes and being 
over criticized. You know, you've got kids of all ages and you're going into this huge room and you're singing in front of people. And then you've got people telling you like, you can stay, everybody else can go. And you can just see people's like devastation as they leave a room and whatnot. And I, I hated that process and I hated seeing that. And I think that was the last time that I did any kind of like public performing or anything. Mm. Um, And I've never done that again because it was such a huge deal. Like for, for people who actually become child stars or actually develop as, as children, the amount of you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need you to do this. Oh, you're an alto. I'm actually going to need you to do more strength warmups and figure out how to soprano because that's what people want is I, yeah, you're just always told to change. Yeah. It's really messed up for anyone. Now imagine being younger, like even, even in your teens, even in your older teens, you're already going through so much change in your brain. And now you're adding that to it. And it's, it's just, it, I can understand why that was the last time that you did that. And I went through that too, because again, like going back to my past and auditioning for stuff, I lived in New Jersey, but I'm originally from New York and I would, my mom would drive me into New York to do auditions like auditions for movies, commercials, whatever. And after all of that, I used to actually get horrible stomach aches on that drive. And of course I could look back now and understand it was, it was me literally breaking. And, and when you're told time and time again, you're not good enough. And you, you hear that in your head over and over again, it really is rough and you might be having people in other parts of your life, like family members or in school already saying stuff like that. Like maybe not outwardly, but maybe you get a bad grade on a test and you feel like you're not good enough. So then adding that to it, it just, it's, it's shitty. And, and it also, it's just sad that that's, what art has become in our society, like something that you can just audition people who sing and put them on TV and, and basically be like, here, like, come, come audition for this. You have to go through all of this stuff, but, but you will be famous and you'll have money if you get to the top. And it's just, um, it really, it's really messed up because singing, the act of singing can be so healing and that's kind of stripping away the healing nature of it. Yes. And also too, now that we have this way that people are able to, as we were talking about before, independently get their music out there. I hope that it becomes less of a thing where we're having like competition shows. I don't watch them anymore. Um, just because I, I can't sit by and watch people be like, yes, you've got it. You don't got it. You should go home and you should practice that more. Oh my gosh, you could be so amazing if you just tweak these little things over here. And watching adult, I use the voice as a reference because that's the only one that I was, I know American Idol was a thing, but I really loved the voice because I felt like it was about um, trying to help 
uh, young artists or artists in general be able to kind of develop themselves. But then the cat 22 to that is that you're always watching somebody else who, you know, is this like older professional tell everybody how to change themselves and, mm -hmm. and harness their voice and their message differently and like get fucked. <laughs> Seriously, because really that's the opinion of what three, four people, yes, they're in the industry and yes, they have become like successful, what success means, at least in this world, mm -hmm. but someone who might've come in doing some quirky, something that is not as uh, popular in, in the industry, that person might have something in them, might really connect with people in a way that because they're different, they connect with certain people that are meant to hear their message. And when they go on a show like that and maybe have someone who they really look up to tell them, you suck, stop doing it like that. Then unfortunately, I feel like even more than nine times out of 10, it's going to change the way you feel about yourself and it's going to make you do things differently. And the problem is that we put external validation above our intuitive guidance. And I've experienced that where I knew deep down, but I want to do this type of stuff. And when you're around people that want you to do something else or strongly advise you to do something else, and you don't, you're really not connected to your intuition enough to say, no, I'm not going to listen to that. Then you start to go off your path and it just, everything becomes harder. You start to stray further and further away from whatever it is that you were meant to do. Absolutely. And I mean, everybody can experience that. I know that as a content creator, I get all the time like, oh, I loved when you used to do this, these types of videos. You should do right. those again. I really love this. And I'm like, I didn't like spending two hours to film a cooking video and be quirky while I was cooking. Like that's exhausting to me. I have people mm -hmm. that are hungry and I have podcasts to go and do, <laughs> you right. know, like, and, and we get that so many areas of our lives that in some aspect, we're just so used to it. I think that then to have people like this conversation point out that that's happening, I think to some people is like a, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize. Yeah. We don't realize how much we're choosing to do things based off of what other people want us to do or want from us. We don't really realize that, or a lot of us don't until we do. So then you're kind of re figuring out who you are and there's just a lot coming at us in our society. And of course, you're starting with your family, what they might want you to be. Then you go to school, what, what your teachers might want you to be or expect from you. And it's just an accumulation as you go on through life and just the general consensus of society. It's like, hey, just go in a box over there, do your work, do whatever boring work, and then like stop doing that when you're 60 something and then die. <laughs> like it's just. That's so interesting that you mentioned that because I've been having, so for a, a lot of time I was having this like battle with my soul. I feel like, because 
I have always thrived in the, I'm going to do this because this feels like what I should go and do. And I know that it doesn't make any sense and it's not a planned thing, but I'm going to go and do it. And I always thrive in those circumstances. And my parents are the government job nine to five, you do this, you're building up a retirement, you, this is responsibility, this is how you make sure that you're taken care of. And so it's like nature versus what you're being taught, right? So I always felt like I was not responsible enough. Mm -hmm. And all of these things. And then once I would okay, you know what, I'm going to get that job that pays me that money and I'm going to do this and I'm going to have the consistency. I would just feel like I'm rotting because Mm -hmm. I'm doing the same fucking thing every day and I'm sitting in an office and then I'm going and I'm going to get my kid and then I'm going to hate the weekend because I have to go back to work on Monday. And it was just like this repetitive cycle. And it took seriously understanding what I'm wanting out of life and how I process things. And something so helpful that I've taught myself is that every single person gets the opportunity to live their life however they want to. And they are making the choices that work best for them. And I'm going to make the choice that like, if I wanted to do that, I would do that. I'm I'm not going to do those things. Good for you. You think that's what life should be? Go and do that. Absolutely. Like if, if you want to do your thing, if, if that's what your calling is, then go ahead and do it. But you can't expect me to do the same. And I know that it's a struggle when it comes to parents specifically. Because of course, like you want them to be proud of you. Like, like that, those are the people who are supposed to love us unconditionally. And sometimes it feels like, Ooh, this is not unconditional because if I live my life free spirited and decide to go move to a random place that I don't know how I'm going to make money and I'm doing it because it makes me happy, then I can feel that you're disappointed in me. But if I do this other thing that you really want me to do, then I could feel, and of course now, like when you talk about being connected to your emotions and being able to empathically feel what you know they're feeling towards you. And you just, it's just very confusing when you're like, I can feel, I can feel them. I can feel them judging me. I can feel them mad at me. I can feel them worried for me, fearful. And it just, it just clouds up so many things because then you go and do that thing that, you know, someone in your life wants you to do. And you do it only because someone wants you to do it and you realize I, I can't do this. And I think when you get to a certain point, when you've broken free to a certain extent, you go into those sort of situations where like that repetitive cycle and you, you truly can't do it. Like you, you can't even pretend to do it anymore. It's like, I am going to just melt here. Like, I'm just, I'm going to fall over, peel over and just wither away because I, I can't do this. My soul is like, it hurts. Yeah. Cause I would rather disappoint everybody else than disappoint myself. Like I, everybody else, I can avoid you. I can put my phone on silent. I don't have to see you. I don't have to talk to you. I have to look at myself in the mirror every day. I have to think about the life that I'm living. If I'm comfortable there, if I'm happy there, if I'm thriving, if I am watching other people live in their purpose and feeling like an imposter, like those are 
are true real fucking consequences that you have to live with and that you don't get to just shut off if you don't live your like what you feel like your purpose is yeah and sometimes we need to suffer in certain situations to force us like sometimes we do need to say you know what fine they want me to do this then I'll do it then you do it and you suffer immensely until you reach the point where you physically mentally spiritually emotionally can't do it anymore and it it helps you to realize wow like I actually have to be on the path to doing whatever it is that I'm meant to do even if I don't know what it is but I have to follow whatever the joy is or else I'm going to be unhappy every day of my life I have to follow whatever the joy is is like such a beautiful I feel like a beautiful way to close the episode um you said a couple different light references in here, by the way, as well. So, um, yeah, I love that. Um, so this is, yeah, it's beautiful. Like I, I have like the energy sweats from this conversation because <laughs> it's just a beautiful experience to be able to connect with someone that you can have conversations like this. And I feel like they're becoming more, there's more of this happening and, I see, I see things changing for the better. Duality is fully happening. There's, there's dark, there's light, you know, but I think the fact that we can even be on here and have a conversation like this shows that there's really incredible stuff happening. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I'm really excited for people who maybe hadn't found you before to be able to find you from the podcast. Um, I'm going to end the recording and just kind of give you some details about stuff behind the scenes. Awesome.